Welcome back to episode two of season three of the Yeah Guys podcast. I'm your host, Ram, and I'm joined by Tony Parker and Josh, the usual gang. Uh, Tony, before we get into the, uh, I guess it's considered the week zero schedule for college football, we're back. But uh, before that, let's get into some uh, news that you have here. Definitely. Uh, so starting off here, we got Florida. They've announced that the Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz will be their starting quarterback. So uh, interesting there. Um, LSU lands five-star receiver DeCorian Moore for the 2025 uh, recruiting class. Um, and then also uh, in the last couple of days, the top 25 first AP poll were released. And no surprise, Georgia was at the top. Um, just kind of going through the top 10. Number one, obviously, Georgia. Number two is Michigan. Number three, Ohio State. Four, Alabama. Five, LSU. Six, USC. Seven is Penn State. Eighth is Florida State. Clemson at nine. And Washington Huskies at 10. So interesting top 10 there. Um, and yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, next is Auburn has named... Michigan State transfer Peyton Thorne as its starting quarterback, so he impressed the new staff enough. Um, also, with Georgia being number one, they announced, too, that Carson Beck will be their starter for the season. He was, was um, obviously Stetson Bennett's backup last year, so he'll go sling it. Um, USC has hired former Washington Athletic Director Jennifer Cohen for that same role. Uh, USC has also landed the 2026 number one overall recruit quarterback Julian Lewis and he said his main reason uh, was because of Lincoln Riley and his history with quarterbacks obviously um, also a big hit for Washington is they've lost uh, Cameron Davis for the season he suffered a season ending lower body injury in practice and was going to be a huge part of their offense so definitely Michael Penix is going to have to find another weapon to kind of help uh, move that offense if you will uh, also X. USC star Reggie Bush will be filing a defamation uh, lawsuit against the SC, uh, the NCAA pretty much for their whole situation where they kind of casted him out for his whole deal with USC and stuff and removing his uh, Heisman Trophy. Uh, also, just a little bit of news for Josh. Uh, Oregon State has named Clemson transfer DJ Ugalele as their starting quarterback for the season, so we'll see how he works out there. Um it wasn't, this was not imposed by the NCAA, but Michigan has self-imposed a three-game suspension for head coach Jim Harbaugh uh, for the COVID-19. Yeah, I know, whoop de doo He'll be returning for their first, their third game, or their fourth game against Rockets. So, whoa. Uh, and then finally, uh, some more tough news for Georgia. They've lost uh, Bronson Robinson for the season. He ruptured his patellar tendon in practice. Um and he was going to be most likely their starting running back, but they will have to look a little bit farther down the uh, depth chart for their guys. Yeah, that's really all I got. Perfect. Well, we have gotten to the point of the year where they consider it week zero for college football. So we're actually going to get some games this weekend that matter. This is technically week one, but it's the first half of week one. Um, these are two games that you should probably be uh, watching. Uh, 13th ranked Notre Dame at home against Navy. Uh, it's coming up to this Saturday, and then you got uh, that Saturday night USC at San Jose State. So two teams um, that are playing maybe uh, probably cupcake cupcake games uh, for Week Zero, but probably some some things to look for 
uh, in those games. And then the week after will be technically the actual uh, week one starting Thursday, August, August uh, 31. But, uh, you know, we get our wish to, to watch some actual football uh, coming up here this weekend. So we are back for the college football realm. Uh, we will flip over to the NFL side. Um, Parker, I mean, I bet the the news coming in wasn't that crazy, but today, <laughs> August 23rd, we got a couple of uh, injury scares. I'll let you kind of take away the, the new segment for the NFL. Yeah, um, there actually has been a little, a little bit of things, uh, you know, since our last podcast. Um, the uh, – Forty-Niners have named uh, Sam Darnold as their backup um, ahead of Trey Lance. So I mean, I don't know if that really comes to any shock uh, to anyone, but I mean, that just kind of goes to show that um, you know that they've they've almost moved on from Trey Lance unless he can really, really change uh, what he's what he's doing mechanically. And I mean, if you can't thrive in San Francisco, where you know you see it, uh, you're irrelevant. Take a team to the NFC Championship championship uh rookie you know pretty much thrive in, in that system uh you see a top three overall pick uh not do that and just kind of make the wrong read so that uh, comes as no shock to me uh that he is the third string among that team uh hannah had a uh, kind of surprise retire um kind of a couple surprise uh retires the first one is uh, Miles Jack recently signed with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He retired after, I don't know, a couple of weeks in the building. He must just go out there, just know that he just doesn't have it anymore. And, um, you know, I don't know if it was the built up injuries or just wanting to, uh, you know, preserve his body. Uh, he retired um, just at, I think he's 28 or 27 or something like that. So pretty young. Uh, and same with um, Jets. Uh, Corey Davis, who was a pretty high pick with the Titans, um, he is retiring after six seasons or stepping away, uh, whatever that means. So um, I don't know if he felt the same way and just wanted to preserve himself, uh, but, uh, you know, he is going to be stepping away from the game as well. Um, you know, as we know, uh, the ongoing uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, drama uh, going around that they wanted either a first-round pick or picks that equal the first-round pick. Um, Josh, apparently we have a report that the Dolphins are one of the teams uh, that have contacted the Colts uh, for a potential trade for Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously the Dolphins are kind of in like a win-now mode, I guess you could say, but also, uh, you know, giving up another first-round pick, um, you know, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, necessarily – uh, the the right thing to do for that Dolphins team. I you know teams will call and they will ask. It doesn't mean that they've put a trade package uh, together or anything like that. Um, if you wanna, you know, you guys can uh, chime in if you got if you got anything you know to say. Uh, Josh, you had the the betting favorites. Do you have that list in front of you? Can we go over some of the teams? Uh, I can like check it really quick. Uh, I don't have it pulled up. I know off the top of my head, I believe the actual favorite is for him to remain with the Colts. Um, and then the Dolphins are the favorites, I believe, if you were to be traded. And I, I believe that the Bears are actually the, like the second most favorites. Um, I, other than that, I really don't know. I know there were six teams, I believe, they said that 
inquired about the uh, about a trade, and two actually tried to put a trade together. Um, that's as far as I know. I'm not surprised the Dolphins reached out. You know, I think we were in the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes at one point, so it doesn't surprise me that they reached out. Uh, I feel like it's pretty ironic on the Colts' part, though, that uh, you know, oh, we're we're not willing to pay Jonathan Taylor a fair salary. What likes? Oh, we want a fair compensation for a trade. You know, we want like, like you won't you won't pay him what he's worth, but you're trying to get a trade for what he's worth. I guess you know. I don't know. Yeah. I, so, Josh, I think before the. Before the, the meeting, we were kind of talking about the two factors of, like, you know, getting Jonathan Taylor, getting him 100% to play the position at his, um, I guess, expected performance level like he was, you know, two years ago. He had that incredible season with the Colts. Um, I think it led him to the playoffs, honestly. He was a big reason why they were in the playoffs that year. Um, so injury history is a big thing for, for this situation. And then the contract, if a team were to, um, trade for him, they're going to have to pay him top running back money. Um, and if I were to put a prediction on it, really first, I would say that the Colts hang on to him uh, and figure something out. But, uh, just to go out there, Parker, I, I think the bears have the cap space to do it. I don't know if they go ahead and pull a trigger, pull the trigger on something like this because it will cost them, but. Um, they do have the most cap space in the in the league. Do you see a fit there in Chicago? Um, I mean, I I, I definitely see the fit, uh, but I I also don't see the fit because uh, we we do have three or four running backs on the roster right now, and now I don't know if would them would go over into trade, but um. You know, Khalil Herbert, Foreman, uh, we got Homer and Epner, uh, pretty, and uh, Roshan Johnson, as we just uh, drafted him this year as well. So, um, I mean, I, I really don't, I, I like the fit, like in terms of what the offense is trying to do, but um, I think that they want to spread it out more. I think they want to keep uh, uh, fresh legs um, instead of just having a bell come back and um with all that running back depth already, uh, giving up the dust capital and the cap base for a guy who is a six a sixth man in a room uh, running back room, uh, whether he's you know really good or or, or not, I um, I honestly just don't see that trade uh, coming in pass. Yeah, I do have the odds to land Jonathan Taylor. So. Uh, according to DraftKings, the Dolphins are the favorites at plus 250. And then you've got the Bears, the Ravens, the Broncos, and the Cowboys uh, in your top five. So, Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's just, Farker, if we're thinking about the Bears, if Justin Fields is their quarterback, they're going to have to pay him, right? And then I think DJ Moore, I think, I'm not sure how much, how many years he has left. I, I just don't think yeah, getting Art and Jonathan Taylor makes sense. Um, So it's just, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, that would be, if you trade for it, I like, you know, to see that trade. Right. And I mean, I could see it in Miami. I could see it anywhere. Honestly, he's a great back. It's just, I don't know, the two things of health and uh, a hefty contract upcoming. I just don't see it, a team pulling the trigger. Maybe down the, 
down the road um, at the trade deadline, kind of like an NHL uh, level trade. If you know, if a team is almost there, where they're maybe a running back away, or they just need more depth to to take it all the way, all the way, I could definitely see a team like the Eagles or somebody uh, taking them uh, to make that to make that run and then pay the consequences later on. Um, so it should be interesting, Tony. Any any thoughts on this Jonathan Taylor saga that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon? It seems, yeah, it seems like every week there's something new in it about it. I, I'm kind of the same with Josh, where I just think it's ironic where they, they want to make sure that they get a lot for him, but they're not willing to pay his worth to keep him. And Jim Mercer at times did say, like, we have no intention of trading him. And now you do want to trade him. And it's just kind of interesting, the whole... We want this, but we also want that, and we're going to say this, but we're also going to say that. It's just really unclear at times with how they actually feel about, I guess, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, um, Parker, we'll let you go on, and we can we can talk about Trey Lance whenever you get there. But uh, I'll let you kind of continue with the news. Uh, we can talk about Trey Lance right now. I know I already brought him up. If if you guys want to jump else up, if if you guys have any more insight, I'd love to hear it. So. So the first thing I'm seeing when I'm opening uh, opening up my phone is that, you know, we had interest in getting him before the draft. Um, and we weren't even close to what the, the Niners were, were wanting. And I'm sure after these couple preseason games, this, the training camp that he's been through this year, I'm sure the asking price is decreasing by the minute because just watching him as a football player, as a quarterback, he seems to be off his, I don't know, his footwork doesn't seem to be consistent enough. Um, it seems like Sam Darnold was just taking the offense and running it way, way better than uh, Trey Lance's. He, it seems like Trey Lance is, I don't know, he's missing throws, he's missing reads. I'm, I'm watching the tape break down, and he's missing wide-open guys over the middle. Uh, he's still making plays, yes, but I, I get that. But um, for a, a guy like him who the Niners traded, what, three first-round picks or three picks for him? Um, and I just don't see that that increase in um, production from him, especially on, under a guy like Kyle Shanahan. Um, it's not that easy to say. It's easy to play quarterback for him, but uh, Kyle Shanahan has made a lot of quarterbacks look good in the system, and Trey Lance doesn't seem to be one of them. So I could definitely see a Trey target out there for a new, I guess, team for Trey Lance to try again, but um, I just don't know if you're going to get the, the Trey Lance that uh, you drafted. Um just expecting i'll let uh maybe josh or tony or even you parker if you have any thoughts on that well hold on i just want to just say one thing before uh, josh goes um i believe i see it the other day josh correct me if i'm wrong um that the dolphins traded or that the uh, dolphins traded one of those first round picks to get uh, tyree Dill, drafted jalen waddle with one of them and then traded one of them to get bradley chubb i believe that's I think that's what I right. say. Yeah, we, it was a, it was a, it was an interesting draft because I think we were originally at like three or something like that, and then we or maybe six, and we traded up to three, and then we traded back, and we got, I don't remember what what was, we got multiple picks out of it. Some I don't remember how it worked out exactly, but I do remember that we we ended up getting Jalen Waddle with the sixth overall pick in that draft. And then the number 12 pick uh, that I believe the 49ers originally owned went on to become Micah Parson. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, rather unfortunate. 
it's wild to me, like you said, that Brock Purdy's the mystery relevant, and he's done better in that than Trey Lance. And I, I don't know that you're going to get a huge asking price because what is what is that? That was what the 2020 draft. So he's three years into his rookie contract. So he's got what a year left. Like I don't think the 49ers will pick up his fifth year option right now. And it's like it it doesn't really seem like he's developed a lot. So I feel like teams might take their chances on him in free agency. I don't I don't know if a trade gets done. And I also like I think that with the new like roster construction rules or whatever it is, I, I think most teams are gonna carry three quarterbacks. Um so I don't I don't know that he'll go anywhere, but I also don't see the 49ers getting compensation for which I, I like I get it. They probably want compensation. He was a third overall pick, but at this point, like, I feel like they're playing him in the preseason because they're trying to get him game footage to, like, try to boost his value. And, like, yeah, he still shows flashes, but, like, it, it almost feels like it, he's been in the league for three years now and you're, you're still drafting the project rookie quarterback in a way, you know? So, like I said, I just don't know if I see teams giving up a, a lot. Or... You know, I could see a team giving up like kind of what they gave up for Baker when he got traded um, from Cleveland to Carolina. Um, I think it was like a third or something like that. Like that's, it's so the sad, but like honest truth is that like a team is not gonna like give a whole lot for a, a totally like unproven quarterback uh, like that. You know, they'll, they'll take a chance on him like they did with, with Baker and, you know, he didn't work out in Carolina either. And um, you know, any team, you know, like a Rob said, maybe the Vikings, you know, give something up for him and and see what he, you know, is about in in their system. But um, I mean, I don't see a team trading a first or a second or anything like that, anything crazy like that for for a guy like him right now. Yeah, maybe some teams start to hold on to their draft picks because I don't know if this is maybe the one year where it's an outlier, but some of these late-round guys, late-round quarterbacks, are looking freaking amazing in some of these systems. Aiden O'Connell, uh, one example. Uh, my boy DTR, I know he had a, a poor week, uh, week two, but he showed flashes as well. Um, Shot Clifford, Tony, you keep mentioning him. He's, he's been playing well for the Packers and the Bears. Parker, their late round quarterback. I cannot think of his name. Sorry, that is not out of disrespect. I forgot. What Nicky he's in. He's an undrafted free agent. You know, me, me, me being a Bears fan, I even have to go look it up. I, I got you with it though, right here. Um, his name is Tyson Baggett. Tyson Baggett. He he's popping off on the on, on the field, and he's popping off on the field. I mean, if you can see it, if you can see a quarterback develop, why risk your draft picks to pick up a guy like Trey Lance, who you have the tape on, and it's not good tape. It's seventy five percent bad tape. He's missing reads. His footwork is crap for the most part. Uh, it's not consistent, and I, I, he's just not thriving in the system. Maybe it, it requires a change of scenery, but I would hold on to that draft pick. I would. Uh, look for those late round quarterbacks because, as you can see, it's like uh, a fifth or a freaking seventh or something. Right. I, I don't know. I'm even hesitant doing that because an undrafted free agent quarterback that's played well in the preseason over third overall pick, Trey Lance, that's that's ludicrous to me. Tony, any thoughts on this? 
Uh, I'm kind of like with you guys all on it, to be fair. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did kind of say that he hopes that Trey Lance is still on the roster of the team by either like the beginning of next season or something. But like you guys said, like if Sam Darnold is beating him out, then he's obviously never going to probably see the field. Um, and then as Josh mentioned, and even Parker did too, there's just, there's, it's his progression is just leveling. There's no positive. He's continuing to make these bad reads. He's not working on any techniques to try to better himself, it seems like. And like Josh said, it's like, you're just getting a, a project quarterback at this point in year three or four. So it's it's really no contract coming up. But yeah. Yeah, Parker. Uh you can take it away now. Sorry for the Trey Lance slander, everyone. Oh, no problem. Uh so we'll go from one drama to another uh, drama. Uh Chiefs, uh Chris Jones, who we've met, all me around and Tony, I say that every time we talk about him. Uh, he is going to be holding out, uh, and he said he he could hold out till eight, and he says I can afford it apparently. So he's willing to hold out. That's a big uh, a loss for for Kansas City for sure. Um, um, let's see here. We can talk about Jimmy Graham having a very weird uh, I don't know health scare. Apparently, it was a seizure, oh. and he was wandering in the middle of the road or something like that. I don't know if uh, if that is the exact uh, story, but it's um, a scary incident for a, a guy like that. I don't know what's going on in the, in the NFL right now with all these players. And another one, Giants, Sweeney collapses from a medical event, in, but he's in stable con- uh, stable condition. That was uh, just four hours ago. So that's kind of a wild uh, uh, thing there. And another one, uh, Cowboys, Sam Wilson got arrested uh, over the weekend, I think, as well. Um, just a bad uh, look here for the um, uh, the NFL right now, but uh, just on, the, on those little minor fronts, obviously, uh, with the season coming around, I think a lot of people are excited about that uh, than uh, about some guy getting arrested. But um, I think, I, I don't know if we talked about Zeke signing with the uh, Patriots uh, since our podcast, but um, they, they add a, a veteran guy um, who's, um, I don't know, kind of older, but uh, can can definitely provide a role uh, in in uh, New England. I think they have a really good game, you know, as usual. So up in uh, New England, in the Monday night uh, preseason Super Bowl, uh, Terry McLaren uh, got a toe injury, but I guess he avoided a major toe injury uh, in that one. So I mean, that's really good uh, there and. I, th- I think we've seen some drama. The uh, there was some kind of cheap shot uh, regarding uh, Kelsey and uh, Brawl of the Colts, and I don't know. Around you, it looked like you've seen it. Uh, did you see the video? Oh no, I haven't seen the video. I'd be laughing at your Super Bowl Super Bowl comment for the Ravens and the Commanders because it was definitely not a preseason Super Bowl. Yeah, but Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah, um, and then another one, another kind of uh, bad injury here. We can talk about Jackson Smith and Jiba going to be out three to four weeks with a wrist fracture. Uh, that's kind of a, a sad injury to see. A guy that's been injured, uh, it seems like all of last year and now right now got injured again. Um, but when he does play, he looks very, very good. But he just got to you know, stay on the field. But 
Uh, the Bucks they named their starter Baker Mayfield. Um, he'd be so Kyle Chaska, Rob. It's going to be seeing uh, Mr. Bakerigu uh, week one. I'm sure he's real thrilled to see uh, what he can do there. Um, uh, other than that, uh, I think it's just a lot of Jonathan Taylor kind of news. I mean, I can talk about the Bears uh, kind of injuries that we had, uh, I guess. Uh, Jenkins could be the start of the season with a leg injury. Darnell Wright, I think he suffered an injury as well. Uh, I heard um, on a Bears pitch, um, I think they're talking about the MRI or something like that still, but uh, it seems like a real bummer for Chicago because if uh, you know they're, I mean, you could uh, you could say it's their two best offensive linemen now out uh, with uh, injuries. Um, Justin Fields going to be scrambling a lot more uh, for his life, uh, just like last year, if, if that's the case. So hopefully those guys can bounce back. But uh, there was a player on the Patriots that suffered a very scary uh, injury where both teams just decided to stop the game and. Uh, uh, you guys seen it. I know I've seen it. Uh, very gruesome scene there. And um, he is uh, out of the hospital tra- uh, uh, traveling with uh, the uh, team. So that's uh, really good news uh, uh, for him. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got uh, pretty much for the news around. I don't know, Rob or Tony or Josh, if you guys have any other uh, or more news for the only other thing I can think of is, I don't know if we mentioned it on the last podcast or not, but Alvin and Kamara, I think they they finally decided on the three-game suspension for him, I believe. Um, but that's the only other thing I can think of. Yeah, a couple of uh, injury scares for the Patriots. Hunter Henry and uh, Christian Gonzalez both left practice today. Mike Gusecki also, I think, got injured. Oof, that's, that's basically half of their tight end room right there. Um, so that's definitely not not a good thing. But it's a good thing that there are two weeks to prepare for the regular season. Um, and I know, Parker, you mentioned a hospital visit for, for Bolden on the Patriots. I think there was another um, player that was rushed to the hospital. I can't think. It was a quarterback. I don't remember the name, but um, OP gets better. I, I heard good things that he is recovering well. But it's just crazy to see in one night or maybe one preseason week that there were two players rushed to the hospital. So... I hope those players get better. Um, Moving on, I don't have anything else for news. What we can do is um, we can start with our preseason, I guess, evaluation. And when it comes to me, I don't know. There's not a lot of evaluating that I'm doing. Um, But we'll kind of go with the order that I have planned out for the NFL this season. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you, and uh, I'll go right after. All right, sweet. So give me a quick rundown. Like anything in particular you want me to hit on or for just like Anything you can see from the the preseason, I, that that's worth mentioning. I know the preseason with a lot of guys not even playing. I did see the first offense, first team offense for the Dolphins out there. I don't know if you're able to to catch that, but uh, just any anything that you you've seen from uh, training camp. fans. Who was first? Who was first? Burke ass at Christmas was almost a pick six. I did say that, um, but now. Uh, the, like the Texans game with the starters, I didn't really see a lot. I, I think it's notable. I, I think I mentioned it in our position battles, but it is looking like I, Liam Eikenberg is going to lose that left guard uh, starting role to Isaiah Wynn. Um, and then I don't really feel like there's anything else super interesting on the offensive side. I feel like it's mostly set, you know, especially like 
when you've got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, like you, there's not going to be very much competition in the wide receiver room. For the third spot, maybe, you know, Robbie Chosen and like Braxton Berrios and Eric Ezekamba, I guess. Um, uh, De- Devon A-Chain did actually get injured, uh, I believe. Um, that one, they said he's week to week. Um, so I, I guess that is a little worrisome. I, like I'm still confident in our in our running back room. It's kind of why I feel like we won't go for Jonathan Taylor. Um, like I know they ask about him, but I feel like unless the asking price comes way down, I think with money we're already in a tough spot. So I, I don't see it happening. I think Raheem Mostert's fine. He only missed one game last year, I believe. Uh, so I know he's labeled as injury prone, but he was pretty good for us. Jeff Wilson. Solid. Um, Miles Gaskin was good in preseason week one. He's usually not as good in the regular season as he is in the preseason. Uh, Savon Ahmed also had a really good game. And, and so, like, I, I feel like we have five decent running backs to the point that I'm not sure which one is going to get cut or assigned to the practice squad. Um, and then um, defensive side, uh we spoke about Ramsey. That one's unfortunate. Uh, the big thing on defense right now, and it's not really preseason related, but Christian Wilkins is, uh, he hasn't been practicing as he's uh, waiting on an extension. Um, Mike McDaniel made it seem like it was just a matter of time. They were sorting out details, but uh, it's been a, a little longer since that was said. And I'm a little worried about it. Like I'm, I'm waiting on us to extend him, you know, like as a Clemson fan, I tweeted out months ago, like the second that he gets an extension, like I'm, I'm getting a Christian Wilkins Dolphins jersey. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really hoping they can get that one sorted out. Um, but everything else on the defense, I mean, I don't feel like there's a ton, like maybe some positional battles in the secondary. Um, but I think for the most part, our start lineup is probably pretty set. So um, I'll I'll be t- I guess I'll tune in to the next preseason game. I'm not even sure right now if we'll run our starters out there. Um, but I'll I'll at least tune in for a little bit. I do think um, I guess I probably should have hit on this. I do think Skylar Thompson will at least start the regular season as the backup over Mike White. Um, I don't know if that's – I don't know that Skyler necessarily outplayed Mike White. I guess, you know, probably, but Mike White's in concussion protocol. And I think just the fact that, you know, the injury and the fact that Skyler's been able to be on the field more is good enough to get him in the backup spot. I think Mike White is probably a safer floor, but Skyler Thompson's going to give you a higher upside. So – I, I think he's going to be the backup to start the season. I don't know that for sure. That's just my thoughts. But other than that, I, I don't think I have very much for the Dolphins this preseason. Um, Josh, one thing for you, I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll take a liking to this. Uh, Tua has been practicing jujitsu in the offseason, and he actually was tested in one of those uh, dropbacks he had last weekend uh, where he fell. Um, and you can kind of see the difference between how he fell last year when he got hurt and how he's trying to at least fall consistently now, how he rolls over to his 
his shoulder side instead of going straight all the way back, which probably caused the concussion. So it's good to see some of the work that Tua has been doing to stay healthy. It's interesting because I've never heard a, a quarterback try to protect himself. It's not orthodox for sure. Like a quarterback mm-hmm. taken, I don't remember if it was jujitsu or judo or, or so, something, but some form of martial arts. Uh, yeah, that there was the one, well, the interception, he like threw his body into the knees of the, or legs of the defender, which seemed a little questionable to just kind of throw his body in there like that, um, especially in like a preseason game. But the the hit he took, uh, I think that, that was a little more promising. Just seeing him like tuck the chin as he was going down, because his issue last year was mainly the like the whiplash. You know, he hits the ground right. and falls, and so I think he spent a lot of this off season. Uh, I don't know that he. Like he, I'm not certain on this. I don't want to speak on his behalf. You know, he might call me out like he <laughs> But uh, it's like, I think he might would have honestly preferred to have maybe gotten a little like faster, you know, maybe slimmed up a little bit. But the safe play for him was to bulk up, put on a little bit more weight, a little more mass and, so he might not be as fast, and he already wasn't like some elite rushing quarterback, you know. But I think his goal was to bulk up, to kind of strengthen up, to be able to, you know, take on some of those hits and stuff. And I, I think he, he did a good job of that. So, um, I mean, this team goes as far as Tua can take us, honestly. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah, but uh, that's that's good stuff from Tua. I hope, uh, hope he can stay healthy because they can be a really damn good team. Um, I'll go to the Vikings next. Um, so for preseason observations, obviously a lot of negatives. We're not winning games. We haven't won a preseason game, I think, in like three to four years. I think it's becoming nine straight. So we're we're coming after the Ravens record, but kind of the opposite way. Probably the stranger things, the, the flipped world type of record where we're going the opposite way we're losing all these preseason games um and i i kind of want to take more from these training camp scrimmages where we're playing our ones versus the titans and now this week the cardinals um obviously up and down performances from the offense um yeah i do want to see more consistency from the offense that's what i begged for last year um and i think they'll they'll maybe obtain that with uh, a guy like jordan addison the guy that can spread the field but uh, mostly our running game, I think, is going to be improved, and hopefully we can, um, you know, consistently put up points uh, and not just go flat in the second and third quarter. But for preseason purposes, um, not a lot of good, poor execution, poor O-line play. Oliudo, our right tackle, got two penalties in one, uh, on one play and struggled throughout the night against the Titans. Um, just, just bad execution, um, bad I guess, accuracy shown from our backup quarterback. So that's kind of a little scary uh, to see our backup quarterback not hitting throws. But um, uh, we'll we'll see what we do with Jaron Hall coming up this Saturday. I think he's going to get the start. He'll have the majority of snaps. So we'll see uh, if he can maybe take over that second second string position over Nick Mullins because he did not have that good of a game um, last weekend. But, yeah, poor pass protection on the offense. But if you flip over to the defense – um, obviously poor run support where we're letting, we let the Titans just gas, gash us, I think a hundred and some yards and, uh, two touchdowns, um, in this new Brian Flores defense, I am seeing a lot of, 
um, different types of aggressiveness that he's showing, not just on third downs, but on first uh, first downs and second downs. Uh, so it's a it's a good uh, just different type of, of defense that I'm used to, to to watching. So I like to see the aggressiveness. Uh, Ivan Pace has been a difference maker for the defense. Hope he stays healthy, and I hope uh, he can improve because while he is really good uh, at the line of scrimmage, he could use. Uh, a ton of improvement uh, at the run support part of his game and um, the coverage aspect as well. So uh, I want him to turn into an all around linebacker. And I don't know if he can do that because he is undrafted. He is undersized, um, but I don't want to count him out because he's been probably our best defensive player and he's uh, in line to, to start for this defense as an undrafted free agent. Um, and we have guys like Osamoa and Hicks who are already starters and to see a guy like Ivan Pace jump in there as a starter week one, which I think he will, uh, is definitely a credit to him. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing else really. Uh, we're losing these games. We're giving up points. We're not scoring a lot of uh, points on offense, not getting a lot of first downs. Um, Kevin O'Connell stated that he's not, he's obviously not showing anything that he would show in a regular season. But uh, for me, while that is a, an okay excuse, it's still uh, not fun to watch your backup second string and third string players just get beat by their other by by the other guys so um yeah it's it's not fun right now for me but uh this uh the preseason the preseason is almost over uh we have one more week this week we have a little bit of a, a bye week after this week so uh that's when the real fun starts uh and that's when we'll see the the first team offense out there for the vikings but um nothing more than nothing more than that really uh greg joseph he won the kicking competition as i expected um but um that is it for me for the vikings tony how about them Bengals? How, how how are they doing um i would say a little bit of good and bad um i guess i'll start kind of with the bad uh 17 penalties in two games it's over 150 yards so definitely got to clean up there the good news um they've only allowed two sacks but they've allowed a lot of hurries and with trevor simeon and jake browning being that they are even though they are you, you know NFL caliber quarterbacks, you can definitely still see that. Uh, thank God that they're not our starters. Um, so there's that. Uh, Chase Brown has been struggling a little bit on the ground, um, just 30 yards rushing in two games. Um, he did have the late. He did have the late uh, for a couple of for a couple minutes. Uh, the go ahead touchdown against the Falcons late uh, before they gave up the tying field goal, but. Um, 17 carries 30 yards so unfortunately just not really uh, getting it done on the ground I think the offensive line they're they're not bad I, th I think what they're trying to right, do right now is they're trying to get a lot of players kind of switched around to play two positions um, is what I've kind of heard and seen is just trying to get guys to play multiple positions in case of injuries and things like that so maybe just trying to sharpen that out a little bit but obviously you can see that the running game is a little bit. Uh, Chris Evans has been uh, probably the best running back so far. These two games, obviously Joe Mixon not playing. Um, but uh, he's, he's got uh, 64 yards in two games um, on 14 carries. So decent. Um, and then uh, I I kind of I kind of mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, the the six-round pick, Andre Eosivis. Um, nine catches, 94 yards uh, in two games. Really, really impressive, in my opinion. And I think he'll definitely make the roster. Obviously, one more game to go, but there's that. Um, and then uh, Tyson Anderson, the cornerback, 
Uh, two interceptions against Green Bay, one for a pick six. Um, did not have one last week against Atlanta, but definitely he's impressing with his uh, coverage and just overall coverage ability. So he's doing really good. Also, um, I kind of just mentioned it, but Joe Mixon, um, he was found not guilty in his uh, his court case. Um, so that's kind of good to have that behind him. And he mentioned that he's very grateful um, to be on the Bengals and to have kind of the, the, the contract talks as well as that criminal case kind of behind him. And now we can really focus on um, wanting to be a leader for this Bengals uh, team moving forward. And next week we do play, or this coming weekend, I should say, we do play the the Commanders, the 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 24 game win streak uh, defeaters. So uh, I think it'll be a good test. Honestly, we, we haven't seen any Tyler Boyd, no T Higgins, no Jamar Chase yet, and then obviously no surprise uh, Joe Burrow. But it'll be interesting to see. I I feel like they might get maybe a drive those three wide receivers, um, those those Cincinnati wide receivers. Uh, but We'll see how long they, how many snaps they give them. I feel like they might do like maybe one drive, but that's probably it, um, just to give them a couple reps before. But I mean, who knows? They might not even play. So uh, we'll see when the game happens. But uh, that's really kind of my report on the the Bengals so far. Anything on Joe Burrow, Tony? Uh, still looks like he's he's not limping anymore, and I think. He might be good for uh, – I think he might be good for week one, but they're still kind of targeting week two. Okay. Is it safe? Parker, you're up next, bud. Uh, um, so for the Bears, there's been a lot of starters playing in the second game. Um, I think Justin Fields, I don't even know if he played in the second game, but um, the offensive line has really taken a beating. I actually just uh, – uh, look this up. Uh, Wright's injury had a, um, suffered an ankle injury. Uh, Tevin J- Tevin Jenkins is uh, dealing with calf injuries on both legs. Nate Davis missed a good portion of training camp with an undisclosed injury. And then there's Cody White here, who's day to day with a hand injury, suffered in joint practice. Lucas Patrick, our backup center, who's missed the last couple of weeks, is just returning to practice. So. To say that the Bears' offensive line is uh, anywhere intact is 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 would be a lie. So uh, they are very very banged up uh, on the offensive uh, line there, and you know that's a- another you know bad uh, thing for for Fields going into this in here. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds is just coming back uh, to uh, practice as well. He was injured, so it's just. Um, just a very, a very non non easy time uh, going here for the uh, Bears, but uh, um, you can look at uh, the quarterback uh, position here. Our backup quarterback used to be uh, P.J. Walker, but over the weekend after uh, Tyson Bagnitz really good game against the Colts, um, he is uh, projected to be the new number two. Um, Instead of PJ Walker, who they signed uh, this offseason, so uh, that's pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, a, a lot of just little banged up injuries. Uh, Jaqu- uh, Jaquan Brisker didn't practice. Eddie Jackson didn't practice. Um, I think Edmonds just returned. So, uh, just uh, a very uh, easy time right now. Uh, we play the Bills 
uh, this weekend. Um, uh, probably not going to play any starters from what I'm hearing to space because of all of our injuries already. Uh, thank God that DJ Martin and Justin Fields are, are not right now. So uh, Cole Komet also left practice early uh, as well. So that's just, uh, I think, like eight or nine guys I just said that that are hurt. Our four out of our five offensive linemen are hurt. Actually, five out of six. So, I mean, that's kind of insane. But, uh, yeah, so um, the Bears did lose uh, against the Colts, but it uh, did not really matter. Now, Nathan uh, Peterman, the GOAT, threw a, a pretty good pass to, uh, I think his name is Fontier or something like that. He made a nice catch uh, on the sideline. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. They, uh, uh, Roshan uh, Johnson had a really good game as well, uh, looking Looking like a, a a really solid candidate to be a a, a prominent guy in the backfield. So, hey, yeah, Parker. Well, we have that's pretty much what I got. We have two weeks for them to heal up. So hopefully they can uh, make it to week one um, because they do play the Packers, a division opponent. Opponent. They want to be as healthy as possible for that one. Um, but we can move over to Adam Shine. He is a reporter for NFL.com. He um, made a bold prediction article last year, um, and we talked about it. Uh, we predicted which ones probably make sense and which ones don't. Um, just for a refresher, I'll go over the list, and I'll let you know which ones were not true. Uh, starting with number one, the Patriots finishing 14th in the AFC. That was close, but it wasn't It wasn't necessarily correct. The Patriots had a pretty decent year uh, while still missing the playoffs. Uh, the Chargers fielding a top three offense and defense. If it wasn't for their coach, they probably could have. Um, but they, I, I think they have the potential to do so. But uh, last year, that did not happen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, three peats as MVP. That did not happen. Derek Carr leads the league in passing. That obviously did not happen. But we have some positives. Nick Bosa winning defensive player of the year. Yeah, If you want to call that an easy pick, go ahead. I think I still think that's a an impressive prediction to make uh, because Nick Bosa did win defensive player of the year last year. Um, Cardinals missing the playoffs. Apparently that was bold last year. And now it's almost for sure this year, just with how much turnover they've had uh, with their coach and their entire roster. Um, but yeah, that was another uh, successful prediction. Pew, on his part. Pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew, shots, explosives. Looks like they're going to uh, explode this year. I guess we'll see, but uh, JK Dobbins winning comeback player of the year. That did not happen. Uh, Justin Jefferson ranking top three in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, the first two happened. The third did not. I believe uh, Justin went, I think, maybe uh, six, seven, or I think seven to nine games without a touchdown. Um, he had kind of a cold streak with touchdowns uh, last year, but uh, that was not true. That was close, but uh, not, not true. Um, and then the final one that we kind of spoke about, the Bears finishing with the worst record. Um, at the time, I thought it was it could have been true uh, just because of where the Bears were. Uh, we were talking about the Falcons, um, how they probably had the worst um, roster going into the year. But just with how um, Park, I don't know if you want to put anything into this, but uh, with how the trades went down, they traded Khalil Mack. Um, I, I think it was two years ago, but they basically kind of retooled their entire roster, especially starting with their defense. Um, and the Bears ended up finishing with. Uh, the worst record. So if I'm counting it up now, I see one, two, three out of nine. I don't know if that's uh, that good of a um, uh, of predictions from last year, but uh, certainly, you know, not not too shabby to to talk about. But um, I want to go into the 2023 bold predictions and get your guys' thoughts on these. 
Um, just make sure you keep a note on these because at the end, we'll kind of go through them all. Uh, Sam Darnold beating the Jets in the Super Bowl. For some reason, I'm seeing a lot of Jets and Niners in the Super Bowl. And obviously, Sam Darnold being a backup quarterback, um, apparently he's going to be beating the Jets in the Super Bowl. So uh, that would be kind of insane to think about. Uh, the Saints earning the NFC's number one seed. Um, that's also pretty interesting. The Cardinals don't win a game. So basically flipping the script on the Cardinals this year, uh, stating that they will not win a game. Um, Packers posting the second worst record. Personally, I don't think that happens, but it could. Um, Josh Allen winning MVP. He was on the cover of Madden. I don't know if the Madden curse is anything, but um, that could definitely happen. Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year. He got the Defensive Player of the Year prediction correct last year. We'll see um, if this one is indeed correct as well. Uh, Justin Jefferson making history as the first 2,000-yard receiver. While I would love for that to happen, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it takes a lot of, um, I guess, luck throughout the season uh, to stay healthy and to, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> have that many yards as one player. Um, so that's, that's definitely an interesting one. Ricky Jameer Gibbs leading all running backs in touchdowns. We have, uh, Bijan Robinson drafted ahead of him who could potentially take that, um, touchdown, I guess, counter over Jameer Gibbs. So we'll see how that, uh, ends up. And then Bill Belichick's final season in new England, uh, being playoff free this year. Um, that's a pretty gnarly prediction. Uh, Josh, let's start with you. When it comes to this list, which ones do you kind of agree with or which ones do you kind of want to um, go against and kind of replace um, a certain player or team with? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll try to fly through all of them really quickly. Darnold beating the Jets in the Super Bowl, I think that's like absolutely ridiculous. I don't think <laughs> either of those teams even make the Super Bowl, much less Darnold beating. Like that, that one's so far from possible. Like I'm just going to ignore that one, honestly. Uh, Saints earning the NFC's number one seed. Also, I like I know these are bold takes. I I don't even know if the Saints win their division. Truthfully, like I I think there's a good chance that they do, and I'm sure you know the betting odds. The betting odds probably have have them as winning. I like I do like Derek Carr, and I think they'll you know take a step up from last year. But like uh, I think you know Falcons. And, like they're not great teams, but that was a super competitive division last year with some pretty solid defenses. So, I like the Saints is the number one NFC seed overall. That's so far fetched for me. Cardinals not winning a game. Uh, honestly, I feel like I could see this. I feel like it is possible that you know they're they start off the season zero and six or something, right? Uh, he does mention in the article, currently they're underdogs in all 17 games. So let's say they start off 0-6, 0-6, whatever it is. Kyler Murray comes back. They basically say this season's a lost cause anyways. He might not even play. They might just say, we'll just rest you, right, and not risk it. Uh, now, I think it's also possible that he does come back, plays a game or two. They might sneak in a win or two. Um, but this is one that I don't necessarily completely hate like i said i think it's totally possible that the season is basically over with by the time kyler's fully healthy and they just don't even play him just call it a wash and i it's rare right like you hardly ever see a team not win a single game 
right? There's going to be one team that goes out and parties all night the night before and thinks it's a joke. And, you know, they'll sneak in at least one or two, you, you would think, but uh, we'll see. Um, Packers, second worst record, not fault. Like, don't like that one. I actually think Jordan Love. People talk about how Zach Wilson has been mentored under Aaron Rodgers, but act like Aaron Rodgers never mentored Jordan Love at all. Like, I, I think Jordan Love, even if he didn't mentor him, I think Jordan Love learned a lot under Rodgers. And I, I think that, like, there will probably be some rookie growing pains, but I, I, which I say rookie, you know, he's been in the league for, what, three years now too. But I, I think that the Packers offense could be pretty solid. Um, Allen winning MVP, I think – I'm not even sure how this is a bold prediction. I feel like this is easily possible. Um, same thing with Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I mean, I guess there are some big names he's competing with, but, like, I feel like that one's also definitely possible. Uh, Jefferson making history with 2,000 yards. I mean – I feel like the Vikings will air it out a lot this year, right? Like, didn't they last year? Uh, yeah, that's the only, their the only thing is, yeah. last year, I felt like it was, uh, it's like, well, their defense couldn't stop anybody, so their offense had to air it out a lot. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you expect around the defense to make, like, a huge improvement, but if if they do, then, like, I just I don't know that they'll – air it out as much and so I, i'm not really on board with that one rookie jameer gibbs leading all running backs and touchdowns i actually do really like this one um my only concern is uh like at least with rookies just between him and Bijan, i feel like Bijan, i i feel like the falcons are just going to run the ball more right and so the the Lions the Lions don't have the Lions probably have the better offense overall, but I expect the Falcons to run more. So I think it could like I think it could be close just between Bijan and Jameer Gibbs as far as rookie running backs go. It's I guess a little tricky to say that he would lead all running backs, but I mean the Lions also, they did get rid of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. So, uh, I mean, I like this is probably the boldest take of his that I think I'm on board with. And then uh, Belichick's final season in New England playoff three, I, I think this one is totally possible too just because like, the AFC East is – a brutal division, and on paper, I think the Patriots are easily the worst team. Um, and the AFC as a whole is just a tough conference. So, um, I I feel like this one's also entire like this one's very possible. So, that's where I stand. Yeah, there's a lot on this list that you could definitely see happen. Um, like you said, I'm I'm kind of with you with the Jameer Gibbs one. I think if anybody's going to oppose that, it's going to be um, uh, uh, Bijan Robinson. And one sleeper that I have for this is um Tank's big Tank Biz, Bigsby. <laughs> I can't say his name. Tank Bigsby for Jacksonville. Um, 
I, I can, I'm seeing, I'm slowly seeing kind of a turn um, in their running game where I, I, I've read a lot of how Jacksonville, they don't trust Travis Etienne in the past game as much. Um, <laughs> and I, I heard a little bit of an interview, Josh, I don't know if you can put any truth to this, but back when he was in Clemson, Travis Etienne was uh, asked a question about pass catching and Etienne responded saying that he feels nervous catching the ball out of the backfield because he can feel defenders um, pursuing him. So he doesn't feel comfortable catching the football as a running back. I don't know how true that is, but um, Tank, Tank Bixby is getting a lot of run in the preseason. I think if they get to the, the goal line, um, I think he'll score because he's a beast. And uh, I love his college tape. He's a great running back. Um, I'm not, so dude, it I'm might not, be... I'm not buying it. I'm not like... It, <laughs> it, it might be the Clemson home room that's like not allowing this ETN slander, but um, uh, like... He, like okay, Etienne he did struggle uh, in the passing game, and so like a lot of Clemson fans thought he was going to go pro, and he chose to come back to Clemson, and he tried to work on like he intentionally put a lot of effort into his passing game uh, to try and boost his draft stock going in the NFL. So it's something that he worked on, and like I still wouldn't say he was great at it, but like he was definitely good enough in college. So. I like I still think he has the ability to get work in in the passing game. And there was also a really great thread on Twitter that I saw um where they broke down, you know, his his like red zone efficiency was really bad. Like he was three for four on rushes within the 10-yard line on scoring touchdowns or something like that. And I like the whole thread broke it down and you can attribute like most of the plays to the offensive line just getting beat. Like there were a couple instances where he made plays where there was nothing and just couldn't score. And like, yeah, maybe Tank Bixby can come in and, you know, push the pile a little more than ETN. And so like, you know, maybe they will go that way. I remember with Philadelphia running backs with Doug Peterson there, you really never knew who was going to take the field. So like, it's entirely possible, but I'm, like I'm, I'm not all the way out on ETN, and I'm not buying completely into the Tank Bigsby hype yet. Like, like they're both versatile running backs, and it could eventually end up in like a fifty-fifty split. But I'm, I'm still not all the way there yet. And maybe, like I said, it's just the Clemson homer in me. But I, I still like ETN. Yeah, I, I think it's a situation where ETN gets you to the goal line. And Bigsby scores just with the efficiency that you talked about. I, I think this is ETN's backfield, um, but it would be fun to see Tank Bigsby at the goal line. And if he, if they, if that's how they use him, I think he could get a lot of touchdowns and maybe could um, compete with Gibbs and Robinson if they both stay healthy, obviously. But uh, yeah, that out of this entire list, I like this um, Gibbs prediction. Um, what if David Montgomery takes those touchdowns from Jameer Gibbs? That would be the world war fantasy right, football. I, I hope not because Gibbs will get you there, and I, I hope Monty doesn't steal it away. I just hope Monty's more of like a you know, Gibbs come to the sideline, take a breather, Monty go in for a couple of couple of plays each drive, and um, get Gibbs right back on the field when he catches his breath. Um, hopefully it's not uh, like that what you said, Josh, but 
Um, the Packers posted the second worst record. I do not buy it. I do not think they're run as the second worst team in the league. Um, great coach. I think they have great players on offense and defense. Um, so I don't think that's going to be true. But um, Tony, what about you? What do you think about this list? Uh, I'm I'm in agreement with a lot of what you guys are saying. Um, I'm kind of all in as well with the with the Packers as well. I I mean from what I've seen, again it was against the Bengals, but they are a very gritty and stifling defense. I think that they got up there in Green Bay, and as Josh mentioned, Jordan Love is you know I think he might be ready to take that next step. Um, obviously having the mentoring of of Aaron Rodgers, look. I'm not saying, you know, expect the biggest things, but I'm just saying, you know, they could be a really good team that has a, a decent offense and you can rely on that really good, de- uh, yeah, really good defense to, to kind of help you win some games and stuff. Sorry. Uh, Whoa, anyways, pause. Uh, yeah, we'll pause. Uh, I know. Yikes. <laughs> There's your first blooper. Uh, Cardinals don't win a game. I could see this one as well. I know the chances of losing 17 games, like to do that, the probability is insanely small. But like Josh said, they get to a point where they start getting on a long losing streak. They might just say, F it. We're just going to pack up shop and just kind of just this season is kind of like whatever. And we're just going to play whoever. Um, I don't agree with the Saints being number one. I I think that's pretty bold Um, as the NFC South can be a very competitive division, but I think there's a lot better teams in the NFC than the Saints. Um, I could see Josh Allen winning the MVP. I think maybe he can finally snap that Madden curse um, and I think have a, a breakout year, even better than his last two. Um, Miles Garrett winning defensive play of the year. I, I want to say yes to this, but also, I, I don't know, I just feel like he might get double teamed so much that it might limit him a little bit. I think he still has that dog in him. You know, he's 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 a gangster when it comes to that. But uh, I, I just don't think he'll win defensive play there. I, I still would think either Nick Bosa, maybe Joey. Um, you know, he's kind of trending up a little bit. Uh, Justin, I, I want to say yes to him getting that mark. But again... Um, it kind of depends on, as Josh and Aram were kind of talking about, it kind of depends on what's their what's going to be their offensive approach. Are they going to sling it out because they don't trust their defense, or are they going to trust their defense and maybe be a little bit more conservative, running the ball first kind of mentality? Um, on the Jameer Gibbs thing, um, I could definitely see it as well. Um, I think Josh made a great point about um, – possibly Bijan having a better opportunity in Atlanta because of their quarterbacking position with Ritter. They'll be maybe more run first than in Detroit with uh, Gibbs. So I could, I could see Jameer Gibbs doing it. Cause I, I think he's another one that I think at first we were kind of shocked that Detroit selected him, but then when you understand, you know, moving on from Jamal as well as uh, Swift, that they were kind of in a way kind of, paving the way maybe for Jameer Gibbs to be that starting running back. Um, and then, yeah, with Bill Belichick, I, I could definitely see this being a playoff free season. Um, I think the AFC East has been the most competitive non-Patriot division uh, in a while. 
Um, I, I feel like all those, the, you know, those three other teams um, have definitely bolstered them themselves and kind of made New England maybe a little bit behind them by a few steps. So I could definitely see them uh, missing the playoffs again uh, this year. So that's kind of my takes, I, I, I guess, on most of those bold predictions. I'll talk to you guys next week. We have our uh, week one college football, our official week one schedule. We're back. We uh, are so back. Next week will be week one college football predictions, and then the following week will be the predicting of the NFL side for week one. Um, we can maybe talk some fantasy football next week because probably all drafts will be going down in the next couple of weeks. Um, but until then, we will talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you very much for watching. Bye-bye. Bye.